Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you know what time it is? Time to hang here with Mr. Cool. With Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, with Mr. Koopa, ladies cool. From Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Hey, we miss the cool. We miss the Koopa, we miss the Koopa, we miss the Koopa, ladies cool. From Mr. Koopa, from Mr. Koopa. Welcome to the Bit Scoop with Coop. I'm your host, Coop. And today, guys, we have an exciting show to, um, today for you. If you ever watched um, BET or went to BET.com, you actually know who we actually got going on today. Now, on this show, guys, um, just to let everyone know that's actually new to the show, you can always catch my past episodes and present episodes um, on my website, thebitscoopwithcoop.com. Um, you can find it in TuneIn Radio. Stitcher Radio, um, Blueberry, you can actually find it all over or even just Google the show. And, of course, you know the show name, The Big Scoop with Coop. So, guys, just make sure that you stay tuned um, to the present episodes. And also, don't forget about the past episodes from Season 1, Season 2. And, of course, you know we're hot on Season 3 right now, guys. So, you know, we're going to keep this thing on fire, as we always have. But today's guest today, um, he's actually in... Um, he's actually done a lot of big things. And when I say a lot of big things, I mean a lot. He has actually done things where, um, who BT.com. He's actually been, um, on several different television shows. He's actually done so much. And I mean, it's an honor to have him on the show. Um, he should be on in a minute. So just make sure, um, you stay tuned in. This is going to be a great show, especially if you actually watch um, any of the episodes, original web series that BET actually had coming through. So, guys, just make sure you you stay tuned. Make sure you tune in. Tell all your family, tell all your friends to actually come on in right now and join in with the Bit Scoop with Coop. Um, also, before I actually introduce this guest, I want to let you know to make sure that you go to my website, thebitscoopwithcoop.com. Register up there. When you register, you can actually find out when it's the latest and greatest shows that's actually going to be coming out. So just make sure you actually do all of that. Make sure you stay tuned for future shows that's coming on. Now, um, guys, what I was actually going to tell you about for this upcoming guest, um, he is the mastermind. And I do mean he is the mastermind behind a lot of things, especially with BET.com. Um, and we're going to talk about his career in a second, guys. But let me go on and introduce him. Guys, it's the one, the only, Steve Harper. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and uh, chat with you about uh, about the web series, about all sorts of things. Really glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, just to let you know, on this show, we always um, talk about how you started in your career, your success right. also, um, you know, and, and, how, and give advice on actually how to get started in your career and much more. Now, Steve, <clears throat> let's go on to start from the beginning. When did you realize that you wanted to become, you want to actually act, become an actor? Right. Well, I, you know, I, I grew up in, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York grew up on Long Island and my uh, my parents are teachers and they were all about 
they're really all about education. But my dad was a, is an art teacher and an artist, visual artist. He does cartooning, he does drawing and painting. And he was very much in the sort of creative spirit, you know. And, and also, I have to say that my, there's some performers in my family. My, my mother, one of my mother's sisters had, had been a singer and was on uh, national radio singing. And actually, uh, Godfrey Cambridge was a, uh, a, um, a family friend. And so there was this sort of sense of the arts, whether it was performing or whether it was drawing or painting. So very early on, I'd say like five or six years old, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something in the entertainment industry. Uh, my brother and I used to stand in front of the fireplace and pretend we had a talk show. You know, we'd do like wow. uh, the Billy and Stevie show, and we would just uh, introduce guests, and then the guests were always us, so we would introduce ourselves, and then like, you know, walk around, the, you know, come in from another room and be whoever, and it was really fun, and I kind of knew then <laughs> that I wanted to do something in, in the entertainment industry. That is cool. That is very cool. And it's good that you actually started at a young age because that shows that when you had the excitement when you're a youth, that excitement can actually mm-hmm. carry on to your adulthood, if that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. And it shows and it proves right now, look how much you're on fire right now. So, I mean, you're doing mm-hmm. big things, and we're going to talk about that. You've done big things also. Now, we all talked about how you started off, and, you know, it was in your youth, and you had one of the greatest talk shows ever, especially when you was young. <laughs> five, six, six. Not as good as this one. Now, uh, hey, thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> now, let's fast forward a little bit. Now, you got into college. What was your experience about, like, attending at Yale? Well, it was well, interesting. I have to say, just before we get to Yale, that, you know, one of the big things for me in the entertainment industry that really, I think, cemented my interest and my connection to the real world of the entertainment industry was that when I was a senior in high school, there was a, a girl in my school who had, uh, who was going to this performing arts center and was connected to, uh, she was taking classes in musical theater and acting, and through that performing arts center and the woman who ran it, this woman, this girl that I knew, had gotten an agent. And it was basically kind of a thing where if you went to this performing arts school and studied, then by and large, after a while, you started auditioning for things in the city and all that stuff. So, so I even before I went off to Yale, I started. I got my first agent when I was a senior in high school, and I started auditioning for things. And so when I went to college, you know, again, as I said, my parents are educators, and my mother was very much about the whole idea was go to really good schools, and that will set you up for, you know, success and abundance in life. So, you know, mm-hmm. so I was really happy to get into Yale. It was one of the schools that I really wanted to go to. Uh, and I'd heard so much about the drama program, which, of course, was a graduate program, and I didn't go to drama school, but, but there was a really good undergrad uh, training in what they call theater studies at Yale, and I just, I just threw myself into it. You know, I was doing plays. I did some directing. I did some writing. Uh, I did scene study, you know, read, read and did the classics, uh, The Three Sisters, and, you know, learned all sorts of techniques about how to work on my, the instrument of, my, of being an actor, you know, my voice and my body and did a whole bunch of productions. It was very exciting and really uh, challenging as well because they were all relatively new skills to me at the time. Nice, nice. Now, do you feel like it's easier for you to write compared to acting? I mean, for you personally. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think the, on some level, yes, and on some level, no. I think one of the things that's really interesting about my career that I'm really happy about is that as an actor today, 
I am uh, I'm much looser than I ever was because, you know, a handful of years ago I put writing in the driver's seat. So when I go into auditions or when I go to read for something or I happen to be, you know, involved in something, I'm much less precious about it. I'm really loose. Uh, you know, I, I obviously care. I care a lot about the work that I do and the quality. And, and to me, the, the main thing is always the story. How well am I helping to tell the story? And at mm. the same time, I think the fact that I'm, uh, you know, that I go home and I create my own stories and I, I put energy and focus and imagination into telling exactly the stories that I want to tell means that when I'm in somebody else's story, I can be a little bit loose about it. You know, I don't have to be so, it's not the be all and end all because I've got these other projects that are going on uh, elsewhere. And so I think the fact that I'm, you know, it's sort of like, sort of like the difference between being really, really hungry or really, really full. You know, I feel most of the time really, really full. Uh, And so that gets me to, allows me to relax a bit and to really just enjoy what I'm up to rather than, you know, I think when I was a younger actor, when I first got into the business, I think everything I want, everything I did as an actor, like, well, I really hope this is the thing that puts me on the map and I really want it. You know, it was all about like, where's this going to get me? Right. And I think I've, I've learned to relax about that. About, and that's a, that a lot. And that's, that's a good thing, Steve, because I believe if someone is actually, um, if they're uptight, not uptight, if they feel like, they have to critique themselves. They're saying, "This is what I've done. I wrote. I have to make sure I'm on. A, I'm to the T on everything." And then when you go on somebody else's show or a movie or something they produced or directed or write it or whatever that goes on in that world, whatever they've done, you can feel more laid back because you know you're doing this for someone else. And right, yeah, and, and the yeah, thing I think is, there is a, there's a you know certainly on my in my web series project being the producer and the writer and an actor in it uh you know knowing so much about all the elements that went into it there is a certain amount of me you know part of my brain that's that is uh you know more vigilant about everything that's going on because i know everything that's going on but if i go right. onto a set or into an, another project with somebody else where i'm not in charge then there's something really nice about allowing other people to do all that other work and just focusing <laughs> character in this particular circumstance it's really it's really fun i believe so um because i know i've been in um i haven't had the privilege to write or direct um i've had the privilege to act um i've been in two shorts getting ready for my third um and you know yes yes and and you know and the thing is it's fun on the acting side because you know they're giving me the script and okay, this is who I'm supposed to be. And I go into that right, zone, yeah. into that world. Now, you, Steve, on the other hand, I, I applaud you big time. And, and the reason why I say that, because um, I was going to talk about it a little bit later, but since we brought it up, I'm going to go on and, you know, um, talk about it. You know, you BET.com, send yeah. me. You know, you, you've done your thing. But I'm, I'm really, I always question, how did you do it? I mean, mm-hmm. how did you act and, and write it and, and be the mastermind behind this thing? I mean, it, did it seem like it was overwhelming when you first started it? Well, you know, I think everything – look, one of the things that I do that I'm really proud of is I'm, I'm a certified creativity coach. So okay. I, have a, I have a coaching company where I help people uh, – I help inspire people to do 
their creative things, and, and my, my company specifically focus on, focuses on people who want to write, who, who a lot of them come from the world of acting and want to empower themselves. And, you know, so, so I say that to say that I'm very much, uh, I'm very much in the process of you know, being clear about how everything breaks down. You know, everything happens in bite-sized chunks. And that's super important to me, to, to make everything as manageable as possible. You know, it's one of the things I talk about with clients. Uh, it's one of the things I talk about, you know, think about in my own head. So, uh, you know, and, and, and the, the, um, I coach through a company called Your Creative Life, which is yourcreativelife.com, and people can go check it out and, and uh, find out more about the coaching space. But, you know, the truth is that I started out uh, for this particular project, which is Send Me, my original web series, which is currently now on, uh, on YouTube and uh, which premiered and debuted, as you said, on BET.com during the month of February as part of their digital Black History Month celebration, which was a super tremendous honor for me and everybody who's been involved. But, you know, two years ago, almost two years ago, I had this idea about this web series. And, and I, had, I had come off the TV series uh, Covert Affairs, and I had written for that show for a couple of seasons, which was great fun, really interesting stuff. And I found myself wanting to thing that felt a little closer to home. Like I'm obviously not, you know, I'm, I'm not in the CIA, and you know, that, that show was all about CIA and intrigue. Right. I thought, well, let me create something that's a little closer to home, you know. And, and what I know about me uh, as a black man in America is I'm often obsessed with race, about the impact of my race, about, you know, how, how people respond to me when I go, when, and if I go into a 7-Eleven or a drugstore or you know, if I'm driving around L.A. and I see a police car behind me, you know, obviously I'm, I'm never doing anything, but I always sort of right. think, oh, well, am I doing something? What's the speed limit? You know, uh-huh. so I have this space in my head. And I thought, how interesting would it be to create something where I invite the audience to obsess about race in the way that I sometimes do? You know, and that started as the kernel. And so, you know, for a while it was just that thought. I was like, well, how do I do that? What do I, you know? And then I started thinking about how I've seen all these time travel TV shows and movies and how the time travelers are always, 90% of the time, they're white people. And so no matter where they go in these shows, they can usually just put on a hat and an accent and they blend right in and there's no issue, although they have to figure out how to get back to their own time. And every time I saw that, I was like, that would never be me. Like I would go and suddenly there'd be some issue because... You know, I'd be a black man in whatever, the 30s or the 20s or, you know, or, you know, whatever. So I mashed those two, uh, two ideas together and came up with the notion of, you know, what would happen if there was a woman, a black woman, who had the power to send black people back in time to the days of slavery. And, you know, everything was just a little piece. You know, I would think about it, then I would come up with the idea. After the idea, it became a short story. After it became a short story, it became a script. After it became a script, I started showing people, you know, just little by little. Uh, and then people just started coming on board and supporting me and saying, this is really interesting. And, uh, it kind of it snowballed from there. But everything, absolutely incremental, step by step. Uh, you know, and I, didn't, I still don't know, like, where it all is going to end up. I just kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other. Well, Steve, I want to tell you straight up, man, I'm, I'm happy for what you've done. I've seen some of the episodes, and, I mean, I love it. And and what Thanks. you've done, yes, you're so welcome. And what you've done in this industry, man, is, is big. Um, like you mentioned, you did two, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was two seasons 
of USA um, Covered Affair, and you actually done this. I mean, send me, and it's not, and me personally, I feel like it's nowhere close to being over. I believe that you're really just <laughs> yes. beginning when it comes to this thing. I agree with and, you. There's a lot more story to tell, and you know, we really hope that we get a chance to tell that that second season and beyond story. And it sort of depends on you know what happens now. It depends on whether there are partners who come forward or, uh, you know, donors or investors or sponsors. So we'll see what happens in, in the realm of all of that. But uh, I'm feeling very hopeful. You know, when we, we were on, as I said, BET.com, as you said as well, for the month of February, and we got 1.66 million views on BET.com. Which is unbelievable to me. I mean, just so amazing. Uh, and and we are you know we're on our way to two million as I said before we are now exclusively on uh, YouTube and we may uh, we may crop up in other places but uh, it's been really really exciting to to see people respond and you know and see people uh, sort of wrestle with the idea I mean every time I've mentioned it somebody mm-hmm. somewhere says well what is that about and how could that I don't understand and it's exactly that question that the series lives in you know and so if that's right. your question as you're listening to this. You know, go to YouTube and, you know, put in Send Me, an original web series. You'll find our, our YouTube channel and just dive into that question, which is basically the question that everybody in the series on some level or other is asking themselves. Guys, you heard it here first. Make sure you do what Steve just said. Go to YouTube, plug it in, watch these episodes because this this is an amazing show. See, Steve calls it a original web series. Forget that. This is going to be a show that's going to be hitting national television that I believe oh. <laughs> in a, on a regular. I, I feel Thank this you, Coop. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. I, I definitely wow. Yeah. And I'm speaking in ahead of time. This is going to actually happen. So I don't care if you're listening, BT, USA, whoever Steve is trying to work with, man, <laughs> listen to this guy. Watch these shows, guys, because this is great. Because, Steve, I'm going to tell you a little personal pet peeve of mine. Um, when I was younger, one of my favorite movies was Back to the Future. And right. right. And and the thing is, I'm like the only and I'm not a racist person at all, nowhere close to it. But I was like, why the only black people I saw was the people on the band that was playing when mm-hmm. Marty was in there trying to save his trying to get his dad and mom to kiss to save his own life. And I'm like Right, yeah. Okay, it was 1955, but there was black people in America in 1955. <laughs> and then you had the one guy. It's so funny because I have a friend from college who, uh, you know, we've been obviously talking about this for years, and he always mm-hmm. says to me, he jokes, you know, based on the kind of thing you said, he's like, don't you know black people weren't invented until the 1950s? You know, it's <laughs> like, well, <laughs> basically it's like we, the, the notion of, uh, of our presence in so many of those movies has been sort of undercut or diminished or erased. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and I'm so grateful that, you know, now things are getting better and there, there is this sort of burgeoning awareness, not only of, uh, of, of black people and, you know, but other people of color and the amount, the number of stories that are out there that, that cover on, cover and touch on issues of slavery and, it's it's really gratifying, you know, this new series Underground on WGN, which I'm watching, and, uh, you know, 12 Years a Slave, and the, the Nat Turner movie that's coming up. I mean, it's, it's, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, you know, I'm also really honored that uh, we were in an article, we were mentioned and interviewed for an article in the L.A. Times, 
couple of weeks ago about exactly that, like the, the fact nice. that there are a number of these uh, TV series that are taking inspiration from something as horrible and controversial as slavery. Uh, you know, I'm really happy to be in good company in this uh, creative space. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you're, I mean, you're making noise out there, Steve, and a lot of people are turning their heads to you. And trust me, and you think you're amazed now for your viewership. Just watch. Watch what's going to happen. <laughs> this is going to jump up. Now, um, we're going to get back to Semi in a minute. But um, yeah. when USA called you up and told you they want you to write for two seasons, or they or they didn't tell you the amount of seasons, but they wanted you to come up there on um, Covered Affair, how did you feel? Were you excited? Oh, I was so excited. I mean, I, you know, one of the things is that I, um, as I said, I'm originally from New York. I now live in Los Angeles. And I moved out here to L.A. specifically to get TV writing work. That was really my goal. You know, and I had spent, uh, it was fascinating because I would come out here, uh, I started my writing career as a playwright and went to the Juilliard Playwriting Program and uh, really enjoyed that and learned a lot about how to, how to create drama and how to structure things and all of that stuff. And, uh, and my agent in New York, uh, who I still work with, you know, he and the agency he's with, they would send me out to L.A. every year for a week, and I would take a bunch of TV meetings. So I would come out here uh, every year for a week, and I would take probably like 15 meetings in a week. So that's like three meetings a day, and I would be driving all over town and meeting all these people at all these you know, networks and production companies. Really, really fun. But I say that to say that when I moved out here, I finally took the plunge because every third or fourth meeting, somebody would say, you know, you really need to live out here in order to do this. And I was like, oh, okay. So when I decided that I would do that eventually and I moved out here, um, that first year to year and a half that I was out here, mm-hmm. I had like one meeting the whole year. It was so Whoa. difficult. Uh, you know, and that's sort of the way the business is. Like suddenly I was here and, and I was sort of old news because people were like, well, he's here all the time as opposed to the pressure that my agent could perhaps put on people and say, he's only here for a week if you, you know, if you really want to meet with him. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, I happened to be, I continued to do my acting. I was auditioning for stuff. And I, through my commercial agent, a commercial agent I've had for a long, long time, I booked a commercial and I was, uh, I had gone in for the interview, the first interview for Covert Affairs with uh, the two guys who created it. Uh, and one of the production company people. And then I went back for an interview with the network and met with them. And, you know, just my heart was pounding, and it was something that I really wanted to do. And I had had a a series of meetings at this point through my agent and manager here in L.A., and just, you know, they had been all really great, but nothing had happened. So since you ask about when I heard, I was actually on the set of this commercial. I'm shooting this commercial. And, uh, And I got the call, and I was on a break, and what was interesting about the guys from Covert Affairs is that they're really fond of communicating directly with their actors, with their writers, I should say. And uh, and so they called me directly and, uh, you know, picked up the phone. I'm like, hello? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we uh, we enjoyed meeting you and we want you to come, you know, work with us on the show. And I just started screaming. I walked and looking at me and it was, I just couldn't believe it, you know. And, and for the rest of the day, as I was shooting this commercial, I was going up to people you know, the wardrobe person and my fellow actors and the director of this spot and, you know, all of the people, the client and everybody. And I just kept telling him, I just got this job writing for this TV show. So it was nice. It was really thrilling, really thrilling. Nice. And, you know, it's crazy because I'm, 
before the show started, I was just sitting here thinking, and I was thinking about a lot of the stuff that you've done. And I'm not trying to sound like a broken record or anything, but it amazes me, you know, it a person, you took that chance to move to L.A., and you only had that one meeting for a, a year, year and a half. And, and now look at you. It looks like you had literally 10 meetings a day and stuff were thrown to you left and right. That's what it seems like. But as you yeah. showed your hard work and dedication that you actually put towards your own career and you didn't lose 100% faith and hope, and look at you now. This is crazy. Well, I really um, thank you so much for saying that, and I really do believe. And I'm so glad you talked about faith and hope because I feel like part of what really is useful to me is, you know, it's really the recognition that there is so much abundance, and and even if I'm, you know, even when I go to, you know, I've had, uh, you know, I had a great two years in COVID affairs, and I've had a lot of TV meetings since then, and I've been working mm-hmm. on a bunch of different things. And, you know, and every now and then I'll go in and I'll I'll read a show that I love, and they want to meet with me, and I'll go in and I'll meet. And sometimes I don't get those jobs, you know. And so I think what's really important for anybody, actors, writers, directors, anybody in this industry, which is so unpredictable, is to really find a way to detach and to, to, to really appreciate and love whatever you bring, whether people are responding positively to you or not. You know, I, I one of my favorite things to talk about is, you know, people always talk about how this, this business has so much rejection in it. And I actually don't believe in rejection. I sort of feel like, you know, if you go to the grocery store and you're trying to decide between buying peanut butter and buying almond butter, and right. you decide on this particular week that you're going to buy almond butter, that doesn't mean you've rejected the peanut butter. It doesn't mean the peanut butter should go away and feel ashamed and like it's worthless. It just means that on that day you made a different choice. And I try to carry that spirit with me no matter what I'm doing. It's like, if, if they don't make the choice to hire me, it doesn't mean I'm not a completely viable, wonderful, interesting, dynamic choice. It just means that they made a, a different choice that day. So there's another opportunity. I can still love myself. I can still go home and do the work that I do and love the work that I do and, you know, live my life and nurture myself and still be present in the world, uh, you know, and, and recognize that there's more coming. And that's really that, that space of hope. That's the space that I carry around with me all, or try to carry around with me all the time. And Steve, I hope you don't have that copyrighted because I want to use that scenario in the future. Put the peanut butter <laughs> on the I like that. I never heard that before, and I never thought of it that way. So yes, I'm gonna have to take that from you, and I'm gonna have to use it. Yeah, so, well, you you can borrow it and uh, just you know make sure I'm in the footnotes there. Oh, of course, you got to have credit for that one. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, Steve, for the people that's that's listening worldwide right now, and they're mm-hmm. new to you. Can you let people know right now, from plays to TV shows, movies, everything you've done? Can you just name a few of the things that you've done in your career so far? Sure. Yes. Uh, well, as I said, educationally, I, I went to. I was an undergrad at Yale. I went to the uh, the American Repertory Theater Institute for Advanced Theater Training at Harvard, which is a two-year drama school. I spent two years at the playwriting program at Juilliard, uh, and then I've written uh, I've written about twenty plays, some of which have been performed around the country, and uh, and I've done a lot of stuff as an actor. I was a recurring played a recurring role in All My Children. I've been on Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and uh, Special Victims Unit. Uh, I was on um, 
90210. I was on the Arsenio Hall show. Um, just a ton of stuff. I have, uh, you know, I wrote for COVID Affairs for two seasons. I've written a screenplay. Um, I'm working on some things now. Uh, I'm really, really happy to be out there not only doing performing stuff. I've done a ton of commercials and corporate films as well. Uh, and I'm really happy to be coaching people. So, you know, so I'm a certified creativity coach, and I do that as well. And um, I just, you know, I try to keep moving, and I try to keep doing things that I find really fun. Uh, and I, I, I continue to, to maintain and uh, nurture this sort of energy of passing it on. And I think that goes back to, as I said earlier in our conversation, you know, my parents are they're now retired uh, New York City school teachers, and they really, I think, um, you know, drummed in me the desire to give back, to serve, to be of service, to communicate clearly. I think there's a lot of, you know, what I know, and I'm sure you know, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, there's a lot of crazy stuff. That a lot of misinformation that happens in and around the entertainment industry. And part of what I'm about, in addition to telling stories that I love and, you know, allowing people to think about things that perhaps they hadn't thought about through drama uh, and some comedy stuff, is I'm really about communicating. You know, mm-hmm. so the, the notion of being able to, as a coach, uh, as a person in this interview, to tell it like it is and be truthful and honest about how things are and how uh, they can be challenging, but it's, you know, it's always possible to have hope. Uh, and it's about building community and, you know, showing up for the work. That's it's right. really all about uh, spreading the word in addition to doing uh, good work. Man, continue to do that, Steve, too. Please continue because um, I believe you're going to help out a lot of people. You're helping people out now that's actually listening to this show and um, and people worldwide because, you know, there's a lot of people out here um and I hate to use this term, but hungry actors, hungry actresses, hungry writers, they they yeah. use the word hungry. Yeah. Um, and I guess you can use that terminology, but I, I call it, instead of hungry writers, I call it thriving. And I feel there's a lot of people trying to figure out how can I put my foot in that door or even just put a toe in the door. And listen to how you didn't give up hope and the sacrifices you took to get to where you are now. Yeah, I believe you're actually rekindling the light inside of a lot of people that's trying to get Thank into you. the business and get into yeah. the industry. I, I, so, I hope so. I mean, I, I love the vision of that that you laid out there. It's really, uh, it's really exciting. And I think, you know, I really think that there are so many of us who, you know, when you feel hungry, sometimes we want to equate hunger with starvation or hunger with desperation. And I think, I think in some very real way, the part of the trick is to turn that hunger into opportunity. So, you know, I started writing because I wanted to create things that I didn't see. I wanted to create plays and stories, you know, specifically for and about people of color. Some, some of my, some of the things I've written are specifically about race, but some of them are, are about all sorts of things. Cause I, you know, one of the things I like to write about is what I call the invisible thing. So, so among those things I might write about race or culture or ethnicity or sexuality or, you know, or politics or religion or, you know, sometimes things that people, that I don't see people really sort of focusing on. And I think that comes from the hunger. That comes from the desire. To, and so I think anybody out there who is, especially actors, you know, I know of like to be exclusively an actor and to be in the mode of waiting, like just waiting for somebody to give me my chance. And I think from my perspective now, my message to everybody is create your chance. Don't just sit around waiting Start writing. If you don't know how to write, teach yourself. If you don't know how to teach yourself, take a class. 
you know, there's, there's no excuse, I think, especially in this age of the Internet and YouTube, web series, you know, sketch comedy. There are all kinds of people who are basically creating, you know, whatever they're interested in. And then those things, once they're engaged and focused, those things then begin to, you know, invite more abundance. So it's like if you're hungry, get up and do something, make something, dream it up, have it happen, and see, see what the results might be. So true. So true. And and that's why I was saying again, you've somehow you actually have put this into the mix of your mentality and and it got you places. So people that's listening right now worldwide, don't if you're trying to thrive for something, guys, don't stop. Just continue. Cause trust me, um, you just have to keep screaming till they hear you out. And when you do that, <laughs> trust me, someone's gonna turn and they're gonna listen. So keep doing yeah. what you're doing out and here. The other, thing, the other thing, too, that I want to add to that, which is really well said, is don't do it alone. I think there are a lot of people out there, actors, writers, directors, people who just feel like, well, whatever's going on with me, I've got to keep it to myself. But I think part of what I feel successful about today in my career is that I have a network of people. I have people I can call up and be like, well, this is happening now, or, well, my agent said this, and but my manager says that, or, well, I'm not sure about this thing. or You know, I had people who are... I was showing the various cuts of Send Me To. I had people who I, who I consulted with about casting who were just friends of mine. What do you think of her? What do you think of him? Right. And I think that the notion of, like, it does, you don't have to be sort of hunkered down in your little castle by yourself trying to figure it all out. There are plenty of people who are willing to listen and help and support. And uh, it's about building community and really using that community. I like that. I definitely like that, and I think that's what a lot of people are scared to do, Steve. I think they're scared to ask for help because some people feel, you know, in this world that if you ask for help, somebody will steal your idea and step on top of your head to try to get to where you're at. But if you have faithful, loyal friends or associates that you know that's willing to help, reach your hand out and ask for the help, seriously. That's how I feel. I think there there are also things to do uh, around – you know, if you have an idea for something, if you have a script, you know, write, basically, the, the, the U.S. copyright laws say you can't copyright an idea. So if you have an idea, you know, your idea, you know, anybody could have the same idea, right? So 12 Years a Slave is about a slave, and Underground is about a slave, and at some level, that's an idea. Take a slave, put it in drama, send me is about a slave. You can't copyright an idea, but you can copyright a treatment of an idea. So if you have a, if you have a thought, a dream, a an idea for a screenplay or whatever, if you write that out in a single page or two pages as a little treatment, several paragraphs, you don't even have to know how to do it, and mm-hmm. then you register that with the copyright office, you know, which you can do online, it costs like $35, right. then your idea, your, your, the treatment of your idea, whatever it is, this, this, you know, the way this script flows and the characters and the energy of it and how it, you know, all of that stuff, that stuff then becomes legally yours. And then you go and talk to people about it, and, you know, if they try to steal it, you've got proof that it was yours. Uh, but if you just go around sharing ideas, I mean, that can be a tricky business. So I, I say, like, at least get, get it down a little bit in some concrete way. Register it. You could also register stuff with the Writers Guild. Uh, and then you have proof that you came up with this particular thing, uh, and then you can talk to people about it. Nice. Now, let me ask you this, Steve. Now, um, and this question, we'll play a little game. And I okay. want you to tell me, I want you to choose one actor and one actress that you have never worked with ever 
that you would love to be in any type of show. It could be it could be send me or it could be something in the future that you're thinking of right now that you want to do in the future. Name one actor, one actress. Well, no, one actor and one actress that you would love to work with right now. Uh, wow, that's so interesting. Well, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose uh, years ago, like when I was much younger. I actually told my mother in a conversation we were watching. Uh, some Eddie Murphy movie, and I said to my mother, I'm going to work with that guy someday. And my mother's like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to choose Eddie Murphy because, you know, he, he, he's done some really brilliant and funny stuff and, uh, you know, has, has done a certain amount of his career, and I think it would be really fun to actually fulfill that promise that I made to my mom and myself about working with him. So that could be really amazing. But then, you know, as an actress, I'm going to say uh, it would be amazing to work with Meryl Streep just because she's Meryl Streep. Yeah, that's and true. Do almost anything, and I, I would just love to be able to both observe her process and and also uh, be in her presence. And I have to say that one of the things that I'm really thrilled about, you know, to get back to Send Me for a moment, is mm-hmm. we have this amazing cast that, again, you know, the universe conspired to help me bring all these really fantastic people in on my web series. So Tracy Toms, who is a good friend of mine and was in the Rent movie regular on cold case and done a ton of things and was in the reason I bring her up at this moment is she was in the devil wears Prada with Meryl Streep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so she's had that experience and she's fantastic. I'm super happy to have her in my series and other people, you know, Jerrica Hinton from Grey's Anatomy is in my series. Gabrielle Carteris from the original wow. Beverly Hills 90210, uh, Nelson wow. Ellis from true blood, uh, you know, so many people, um, Jessica Nicole from scandal and fringe, uh, it's it's just been really exciting to to be able to work with these guys and and to recognize too in this question that these people I've worked with have worked with some other amazing people. Uh, right, it's exciting. It's, it lets me know that it's possible. You know, it's possible. Man, if the cast and crew is listening right now uh, for sending me, I got to give you all big shout outs right now. You guys have done a lot of things also. Um, like I said, I've seen some of the episodes of Semi. You guys are doing great. Continue to do what you do. Big shout-outs to all of you guys. Um, if you're listening right now, keep on doing what you're doing. You guys are doing big things. Your careers are nowhere close to being over neither. So, Steve, big shout-outs to you for getting this cast together, man. You you picked the all-star cast for this. You really did. And that's amazing how you actually got all of them, and they're all combined together. And, or collaborated together, and and look what you've done. You made a masterpiece, man. You really made a masterpiece. So much. You have. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, um, again, you know, it's interesting. You know, talking about community. Really, I've known Tracy Toms for years, and I've known Gabrielle Carteris for years because I've worked with both of them years and years ago. Tracy also went to Juilliard, and I was in a play with Gabrielle. So they were the first people I reached out to here in L.A. And then I have to say, they helped me find other people, and then other people helped me find out. And it was really, it was that thing, that community thing that we were just talking about. You know, I didn't really, I'd love to say I did it all alone. But once, you know, once you have people on your side, once you have people like Tracy and Gabrielle who know people, then they talk to their friends, and they talk, oh, there's, here's this person, he's a good director, and here's a person, he's a good actress, and I really like her. And, you know, and then those people start becoming part of the, the family, and it's, uh, it's exciting. Nice. I like that. And people listening worldwide right now, I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to talk Steve Harper and actually get me an acting position on the show in the future series. So <laughs> hopefully I'll see me up there. 
Yes, sir. We can talk about season two, maybe, you know. Hey, there you go. Yes, sir. Now, what is your ultimate goal in the movie and television industry? Yes. I mean, I think, you know, I've always, to be able to have a company where I could create stuff, where I could create television, I could create theater, uh, I could create movies, perhaps, and just be able to work on different projects and hire my friends and make new things and all that stuff. And so on some level, because I created an LLC to bring Send Me to Life, on some level I've sort of done that. I mean, obviously I would like to do it on a bigger level and to be able to produce things that are much larger than Send Me in terms of regular TV series or movies or plays. But I think that's the goal, to just continue to create on all fronts in a way that is both incredibly entertaining and fun and also lucrative. Uh, so that's where I'm headed. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the dream. Nice. Nice. Now, Steve, can is there a way that people can actually follow you on social media? Are you around on social Absolutely. media? Absolutely. So, yep, I am. I am social media followable. So, <laughs> so Send Me has uh, a Facebook page which you can find. Uh, you can also find out much more about Send Me in depth on our website, which is sendmebacktoslavery.com, which is pretty memorable. <laughs> And uh, you can also find out information about me in general on harpercreates.com and about my coaching on yourcreativelife.com. And then you can follow me on Twitter, at harpercreates. So, uh, yeah, so go out there and do those things. And I'm also on Twitter for Your Creative Life. You can find that there as well. And, uh, and I love to see people and have people, you know, follow me, and I'll follow them back. And uh, we get, we have, we've had great deep discussions about send me on Twitter, which I love and, uh, you know, join the party, join, join us in that, in out there in the, uh, Twitter sphere and the, uh, the interwebs. Nice guys. You heard Steve, go do it now. Pick up your phones, pick up your laptops, your map books, whatever you're using to get online and go follow him. Make sure you keep up with send me also check out the website. The website will have useful information for you also, man. Make sure you stay on top of Steve because he's doing big things, and you trust me, you're going to want to follow his career. I guarantee that. Now, Steve, I know you're a busy man, so I'm not going to keep you held up, but and you've done this earlier in the show, but I got to ask this question again. What advice okay. would you give any male or female that wants to become an actor or an actress or a writer or a director in the television or movie industry? Yes, I think the, the couple, there are a couple of things. The first thing is to start. You know, you can't do it from your bedroom. No matter, you know, I used to sit in my bedroom and try to sing really loudly and hope that an agent was walking by. That doesn't really work. You got to get out there. You got to meet people. You know, and start wherever you can. If you're, if there's a community theater, start working community theater. If there's an actual, you know, equity house, start working as an actor there. Uh, take classes. Go to performing arts centers. Um, study in college really important to study because, you know, as one of my teachers in drama school said, technique is for when inspiration fails you. So there are all these examples, which I think on some level for us are bad examples of people who, like, they're on a reality TV show and then the next thing you know they're in a movie. It doesn't really work like that. You have to know how to be professional, know how to be on set, know how to memorize lines, know how to build a character, or know how to write a character. You know, so whatever you do, first of all, start doing it. And second of all, you know, find a community, start studying, take it step by step, and uh, and continue to stay grateful and open, uh, and continue to uh, to move ahead. Nice, nice, Steve. I want to thank you, man. Thank you for coming on the show once again. Big shout outs 
to all so the much actors. for having me. Really, really great. Yes, big shout-outs to all the actors and actresses that's actually on Send Me. I'm going to be watching you guys. Big shout-outs to you. Continue to do what you do. Steve, I want you to keep spreading that positivity. Keep doing big things that I know that you're doing. Um, and I will have my eye on you also. So, please. And I'd love to have you back on the show in the future. Thank you so much, Coop. Right back at you in terms of inspiration and support. And uh, really glad to share this with your audience and, uh, and to chat with you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Steve. I hope you have a great night. Guys, um, once again, another show has happened. Make sure you check out my website, thebitscoopwithcoop.com. Here are past episodes. You will hear a Steve Harper episode also in about one or two days on the website. So make sure you check it out. Tell your family and friends that missed it to check out this episode. A lot of great information that was on it. Steve, I hope you have a great night. And once again, thank, thank you, you for too. being on the Bitscoop with Coop. Until next time, everybody. Thank you.